Welcome to another edition of Anthony T's Horror and Wrestling Show. I'm Anthony T. It's the new year, everyone. And you know what that means. Usually the first episode of the year is the Horror Whammies and Horror Show Awards. But we're doing things different this year. Originally, I said I was going to do one episode for Horror Whammies and Horror Show Awards. But since the Horror Whammies went over 40 minutes... And the Horror Show Awards probably is going to be longer than 40 minutes. Instead of doing one huge show, I decided I'm going to do three shows in January. That's right, three shows. You'll get this episode, the 5th Annual Horror Whammies. Then episode 90 will be the 5th Annual Horror Show Awards. And then episode 91 will be the best of 2022. That's right, everyone. Three episodes this month of Anthony T's Horror and Wrestling Show. Usually, I don't do three episodes. As I try to do two shows a month. But since the Horror Whammies is over 40 minutes this year... There's no way I'm going to have a decent running time to cram both the 5th Annual Horror Whammies and the 5th Annual Horror Show Awards into one episode without having to go over 90 minutes. So I decided to break it off into two episodes. So you'll get three episodes this month. Meaning I will not be talking about any topics at all. This episode will focus on... The worst of 2022 in terms of awards. I'm not doing a worst of list. I'm doing a worst of 2022 awards type show called the 5th Annual Horror Whammies. I'll explain more next segment. But let me just break away for a bit and we'll get started. Then in What's Anthony T. Watching... January will be about VS. Yes, I got a lot of films that I haven't seen from my subscription that I picked up from the past year. So I will be reviewing at least three of them this month on this podcast. The first one will be Invisible Maniac, one of the big titles in the Black Friday sale. You'll get my thoughts on that film as it'll be the first time I've seen that film. So you'll get my review on Invisible Maniac, plus the horror whammies coming up next. Welcome to Dark Discussions, your place for the discussion of horror film, fiction, and all that's fantastic. A weekly podcast here. The discussion is about the most recent horror and genre films. Intelligent talk on a genre that deserves intelligence. A conversation between co-hosts discussing not only the film, but also the connotation that the directors and screenwriters are trying to articulate. If you want more than a review, listen to Dark Discussions. 
And speaking of perception, there's just one more scene I want to talk about, which is after Caleb discovers that Kyoto's a robot, Kyoto kind of peels off her skin, showing him what's underneath. Now, wait a minute. I know where you're going with this, but tell me you weren't already thinking this 15 minutes earlier in the film. Exactly what he's thinking at that moment. Which is he's a robot, too. Oh, I considered the possibility. Right, and that's what I like, is the fact that the writers are smart enough to know that this is what the audience would be thinking. We've all seen Blade Runner. Right, exactly. com, wherever podcasts are found. Every day there's a family struggling with hospital bills to care for their sick child who is fighting an illness. There's a woman who is fighting breast cancer and is having trouble making ends meet while paying for their treatment. And there are burn victims that are going through treatments to heal their deep wounds. There is a charity in the horror community that helps these people. Scares That Care is an organization that helps families deal with the bills for their child. They help women get the treatment they need to fight breast cancer. And they help people who are dealing with severe burns get the help they need to heal. Scares That Care is a 100% volunteer organization and 501c3 nonprofit charity that is dedicated to helping these people in fighting real monsters. To find out more information or to donate to Scares That Care, you can go to www.scaresthatcare.org. Every donation helps Scares That Care fight real monsters. Welcome to the 5th Annual Horror Whammies, everyone. This has been going on every year of the podcast I've been doing this. Where in January, first episode, I hand out awards. More like an awards type show. The Horror Whammies is one that highlights some of the worst films of the year and some of the worst performances and so on worst moments and worst films in horror it's usually never a good thing if you're getting a horror whammy because you probably sucked and this has been the fifth year i've been doing this on this podcast so this is nothing different it's basically an award show where I just hand out a bunch of dishonorable mentions. It's like my version of the Razzies. You know, where they hand out the worst performance, the worst on-screen couple, the worst film, so on, so on. And I've been doing this for like five years because I like doing this show. It's a long, tedious process between that and the Hard Show Awards. Now, before I go into the awards, this year had a record year for one-star films. That's right. I had ten one-star films. I've seen over 90 horror films this year, and ten of them have one star, which is a record, ladies and gentlemen. Who can say they watched ten one-star films all year? Unless you're like me who watches pretty much almost everything in the horror genre, you probably don't see many of these one-star horror films. 
Some, you may disagree that it's not a one-star horror film. I may differ, because I think it's one star. This year, I had ten of them. That's not a good thing, ladies and gentlemen, when I have to see ten one-star films. Even though this was a very good year for the horror genre as a whole, it's just ten one-star horror films. It's just amazing. Seriously. I never thought I would reach 10 star one horror films. I'm never that person to give one stars to many of the films. But this year, there were about 10 of them, which is amazing. I'm hoping next year is a lot less than 10, for my sake. And most of these horror whammies are from these 10 one star films that I had to endure this year. With that, let's start the fifth annual Horror Whammies. Starting off this year's Horror Whammies. Most Disappointing Film. Last year, I had Halloween Kills. How to take a five-star horror film and turn it into a four-star film. Remember that? How that film started off great, then went downhill? Had a great ending, which we... Thought we were going to get a rebound with this one. But unfortunately, this one won the award for most disappointing film. As the horror whammy for most disappointing film of 2022 goes to Halloween Ends. It was my most anticipated film of 2022. I did a whole episode, last episode, of the Best of Anthony T. Horror and Wrestling Show. That's right, Halloween Ends. Yep, it's a repeat, ladies and gentlemen. The Halloween Saga has gotten that award two years in a row. It's very disappointing. Seriously. This film had a good first 15 minutes. It was the curiosity factor. It's like, oh no, what are they doing? But I'll go along with it. Maybe they'll... Make it into something good. No, they don't. Next, once we get to the Strode's residence for the first time, this film starts going downhill quickly, and it turns into a complete, utter disaster. It's just like, you set up the end of Halloween Kills, where you killed off Laurie Strode's daughter, and that's barely mentioned in this film. You get it in the, barely in the beginning, and she's, like, moved on from it in a more positive way. Are you kidding me? I know it's a four-year time jump, but still, I'd still be traumatized by it. Hello. This should have never had a four-year time jump, but we'll talk more about this later in this segment. And it also had the Corey Cunningham takeover of the franchise. I wanted to see Michael Myers, not Corey Cunningham. If they had something where he was like in the between back and forth for the whole movie, fine, I'd buy that. But no, Corey Cunningham had to take over this film. It had to be the Corey Cunningham show. But I'll get more into this film later as I have more gripes about this film. Next award, why did I watch this film when I knew this was going to be bad? Last year, I had Shock. I don't even remember this film anymore, thankfully. I think it was a Shudder film. Anyway, the 2022 
Horror for why did I watch this film when I knew this was going to be bad goes to Firestarter. The remake of Firestarter. A remake we did not need. This film was boring from start to finish. I was completely bored with this film. I'm starting to get a sense when Universal drops something on Peacock in and theaters same day, it's going to be bad. They dropped Halloween Ends in theaters in Peacock on the same day, and that was really bad. They also dropped the Firestarter reboot in theaters in on Peacock the same day, and that was really bad as well. It was boring. I did not get to any of the characters, and I could not understand the ending of that film. Seriously. Because that guy did not deserve to be alive. I'm not telling you which guy. You haven't seen the film. But the guy who survives in the film, why the hell is he alive? I cannot figure that out still. Just some bad choices everywhere. Plus a lousy performance by Zac Efron, which would be my worst. But there's one male performance that's even worse than his. It was just bad. No wonder why I got dumped to Peacock the same day as in theaters. Because they knew this film was going to fail in theaters the minute it came out. So why not put it on Peacock so they can drive up subscriber numbers. At least put out good content if you're going to put out films to drive subscriber numbers. NBC Universal. Seriously. But I digress. Next category. Worst sequel or adaptation or remake. And it looks like for the second year in a row, both the worst sequel adaptation or remake in worst scene or scenes are by one film. Let's start off with worst sequel adaptation or remake. Last year, I had Paranormal Activity Next of Kin. This year, the 2022 Horror Whammy for Worst Reboot, Sequel, or Adaptation goes to Halloween Ends. That is number two for Halloween Ends for this year's Horror Whammies. Like I said, this was a really bad film that really went off the rails. In terms of structure of a trilogy. They had everything set up for the final act. But they just went off the rails and did a completely different story. Why would you do that? Seriously, David Gordon Green. Why? Why did they keep Officer Hawkins alive when he was near dead at the end of the first Halloween film and looked dead? In the second, he's in the hospital. Meaning, you're thinking he's going to play a major role in Halloween Ends. Nope. He's too busy trying to score a date with Laurie Strode. You also had the lead sheriff, who failed miserably to control the mob in Halloween Kills. You think he'd have a major role in this film? Nope. Just relegated to a cameo. I just don't get this film. Really. It just violates everything of a trilogy structure. It doesn't use its characters well from the previous two films. They should have just continued for, 
on the same night. It would have been better. Seriously. Not this four-year time jump. Speaking of Halloween ends, why don't we give it its third horror whammy for worst scene or scenes? But first, last year, I had the last 15 minutes of Paranormal Activity Next of Kin as the winner of that dubious honor. This year, the 2022 award for worst scene or scenes go to Halloween Ends. The scene where Corey Cunningham rips off Michael Myers' mask and takes it for himself. When you think of Michael Myers, you think of this badass, no prisoners slasher. For him to be so weakened, so cheapened, to the point that some kid can just take his mask, put it on, and go around killing people as Michael Myers. I don't get it, David Gordon Green. Really. It sucked. Seriously. I wanted Michael Myers as Michael Myers. I did not want Corey Cunningham as Michael Myers. But then again, that was such a bad idea of many in Halloween Ends. Moving on to Worst Idea of 2022. Last year, I had David Gordon Green announcing Halloween Ends takes place four years after Halloween Kills. I just talked about Halloween Ends previously, like two seconds ago, so there's no explanation to be given there, and I'm going to continue to talk about it in this segment. The 2022 Horror Whammy for Worst Idea of 2022 goes to Discovery making changes to HBO Max while in the process moving Evil Dead Rising to theaters and the continuous rotation of release dates for the remake of Salem's Lot. Let me start with the continuous rotation of release dates of Salem's Lot. This film was supposed to be out this year. The film was supposed to be released September 9th of last year. But that never happened. Instead, it got moved to April 21st of this year. Then it got another release date changed to TBA to be announced. That's right. It does not have a release date now. That It's amazing. For a film that was supposed to be out in September, that got moved to April, now Warner Brothers does not know what to do with this film. That's usually a telling sign that this film may be really bad. Or there may be production issues with this film. Because I don't know what's going on with this whole Discovery thing. And while we're on the Discovery thing, they really wrecked HBO Max. That used to be a really good streaming service. Until they started cutting shows left and right on that platform. Now it's ridiculous. Seriously. And now it's going through a name change and everything. That streaming service. And for Evil Dead Rising. That was supposed to be out this year on HBO Max. 
but got moved to April. I believe around the same time Salem's Lot was supposed to be out. My guess is they must have saw something in Evil Dead Rising in those test screenings to warrant a theatrical release. Don't get me wrong, I'm for theatrical releases for these films, as it's better than streaming. But, don't tell me you're going to premiere a film on streaming, then just change your mind and just put it out in theaters next year. I don't get what's going on at Warner Brothers, seriously. This used to be a very good studio. With the exception of The Batman, it's not been a good year for the Warner Brothers. And the fact that so to Discovery is even worse, as Discovery has no idea what they're doing. It'll be interesting to see what happens when they rebrand to Warner Brothers Discovery next year. Because right now I am not happy with the streaming service and the fact that they're cutting shows. I like the fact that you can have the whole Warner Brothers library at my fingertips. Now I don't have that. That's not a good thing. And it seems like it's becoming a trend with streaming services now. Everybody's cutting back. I don't know what's going on here. Is streaming starting to die out? We all thought streaming was supposed to be the future of television. But I don't know what's going on right now with the streaming. Is it in a transitional period? Or did it peak? And now you're seeing all these subscription services start to lose subscribers. That's something to keep an eye out in 2023 to see what's happening with the streaming wars. Is it to the point where it's peaked or is it just going through a transitional phase? Next up, worse editing. Last year I had Godzilla vs. Kong for worse editing. This year, the horror whammy for worst editing goes to Halloween Ends. Make that number four for Halloween Ends on the horror whammies. Now, this is a film I saw twice. On the behest of my co-host of Two From Hell, Andrew, I decided to watch this film again without the title Halloween, just as a normal film. Taking the fact that Laurie Strode and Michael Myers not in it, I decided to watch it again. And I noticed that the third act of this film was like kill scene after kill scene after kill scene. There's no spacing. And the fact that this film, I think, is too long. At an hour and 51 minutes. Especially with that kill scene after kill scene after kill scene. There's no breather. The only time you get breather in that last third of the film is right before the showdown between Michael and Laurie Strode. Before that, it felt like kill scene after kill scene after kill scene. And I hate films that do that. I want a breather. I didn't get it with this film. The editing is not good. And I also, with some of the editing... Maybe in the middle part could have been edited a little bit better too. It just felt like it was a mess. It didn't help it had bad dialogue too to go along with this film. So it made the editing a lot tougher. But still, this film needed to be edited more. And this film didn't get it 
edited more. Instead, we get an hour and 51 minutes of Halloween ends. And before you go say Terrify was two, over two hours long, at least Terrify 2 for its two hour plus runtime kept moving the action. Never a dull moment. This film, it was like, you could probably edit 10 minutes out of this film or added some stuff to this film. Instead, that third act was just abysmal and needed better editing. That's why Halloween Ends gets worse editing. The next award, Worst Screenplay. Last year, I had Dead and Beautiful which was the big award winner at last year's Horror Whammies. The 2022 Horror Whammy for Worst Screenplay goes to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You thought I was going to say Halloween Ends, didn't you, everyone? Now, there's one worst screenplay that really irked me. In fact, there were two screenplays that really irked me. Over Halloween ends, but Texas Chainsaw Massacre was completely the worst. This is the film that had the worst characters out of all the films I've seen all year. Every character, with the exception of Leatherface, was so annoying. I didn't care for any of the characters in this film. The dialogue is horrible. The action was okay, but it felt like a film where it's just a bunch of kill scenes. That's it. And this film really pissed me off because I like the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I just don't get why we had so many annoying characters in this film. It's like, oh, we need to have every annoying character possible in this film. Let's see how many annoying characters we can create. That's what happened with this film. It's so annoying. Easily one of the worst films of the year. And for a while, this was the worst film of the year. And I saw this film like, what, February, March? So this film was worst film of the year for quite a while. That's how bad this film was. They don't give you any characters to care about. It's just about, you're just here to see Leatherface and that's it. That's not what I want to see in a slasher film. I like to see characters that I care about. I don't care if you have a couple of annoying characters, but this film had almost everyone as an annoying character. In fact, everyone was an annoying character. Except Leatherface, of course. He was the only character that was good in this film. And you cannot have that in a slasher film when your slasher is the only good character in your horror film. It takes away from the story. It takes away from everything. And she's just rooting for the bad guy. And it's not what you want in a horror film. I'm sorry. Let's move on to the next award. Worst Actress. Now, this can be a supporting performance or a lead performance. Last year, I had Anna Marchenko for Dead and Beautiful. The 2022 Horror Whammy for Worst Actress goes to Sarah Yakin for Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Out of 
all the characters in that film and out of all the performances in that film, that was the worst performance of that film. I don't know what happened with Yakin's performance in that film. Was it directing-wise? Because this film had a lot of bad things going for it. Bad directing, bad screenplay, everything. But every time she was on screen, it felt like I just wanted to tune out. Because she came off as a very obnoxious, very annoying. And I don't want that for... What's supposed to be a main character in your film. She was like the second female lead in that film. And I can't deal with films like that where your second main lead is obnoxious and annoying. And I don't mean to bring the actress down, but the performance really sucked. There's no attempt... To even make this character less obnoxious or less annoying. It's like every time she was on screen, it was like, I really want to turn this movie off. Seriously. Because I can't take it seeing this character on screen. But then again, I don't know if that was the direction or the way she chose to portray the character. But still, that's just a horrible performance. Nonetheless, I hate doing this, but it's just horrible. It really attributed to the downfall of this film. As one of your main lead performances is completely obnoxious and completely annoying the entire time. I'm going to stop there because I'm not going to spend any more time talking about this. Because I've got a couple more awards to get to that are even more obnoxious than this. Make that number two for Texas Chainsaw Massacre in this year's Horror Whammies. Moving on to Worst Actor. Last year I had Haisha Bloom from Dead and Beautiful. The 2022 Horror Whammy for Worst Actor goes to Jared Leto. For Morbius. Yes! We finally got a Morbius reference in this episode. This was one of the worst films of the year. And how this film has made it this far without getting an award is beyond me. Maybe because David Gordon Green's Halloween Ends really dominated this year's horror whammies. But this was awful as well. In fact, this was like the third worst film of the year. If it wasn't for Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Halloween Ends, this would be up there as worst film, or worst film in general. This one was awful too. But one of the main things this film was awful for was its acting. Its acting in this film was atrocious. And before I get into... Good old Jared Leto for this film. I have to give a dishonorable mention to Matt Smith as well for this film. As he was equally as bad as Jared Leto. It's like your two main actors in this film were horrible. 
But Jared Leto was just the worst in this film. He was so boring, so dull. It's like he slept through his performance. It's like, I'm watching a superhero film with horror elements. I expect the character to be more engaging. Morbius was not an engaging character. And it has to do on Jared Leto. He just makes this character so dreary. So dull. Yes, I know Morbius is a dark film from start to finish. But there is a way you can do a dark film and make it a very good film. Look at the Batman, for example. Look at Robert Patterson, who played a darker version of Bruce Wayne. He made that character very interesting through his performance. Jared Leto just slept through his performance as Morbius. And it really showed in the end product. I really wished Robert Patterson played Morbius. He probably would have played it better than Jared Leto. Quite frankly, he made a very dark Bruce Wayne into one of the best characters of 2022. Jared Leto made Morbius the worst character of 2022. Seriously, everyone. There's a way to play a dark and dreary character and make it interesting. Robert Patterson did it with the Batman. Jared Leto didn't do it. And look what happened. It made Morbius a character that was so boring and so dull that I didn't even care about that character at all. I really do not want to see Jared Leto play Morbius again or let alone near a Marvel film. Please. I don't want to see him do anything anymore, quite frankly. That was just horrendous. No wonder why this film sat on the shelf with so many release date changes. Because this was awful. I didn't think it was going to be that awful, but it was that awful. And a lot of it was Jared Leto and his performance of Morbius. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. Moving on to worst indie horror film. Last year, I had Dead and Beautiful. The 2022 horror whammy for worst indie horror film goes to Attack of the 50-Foot Cam Girl. Yeah. If you might not heard about this film, it's a film from Full Moon Features. Now, when I view Full Moon Features films... I usually have a different scale for them. But this one was just completely awful. Even by full moon standards. This was awful. In fact, I would have not seen this film if I did not have the full moon features app. But this was just atrocious. And this film was directed by Jim Warnaski. You know, the director of Chopping Mall. The Return of Swamp Thing, and countless other films. This film 
was so annoying. It was like, hashtag this, hashtag that. With the screenplay, everything had to have a hashtag to everything. It really made this film so annoying. I was like, why am I sitting there watching this film? I don't want to see where you get hit over the head multiple times with the same joke. I know part of the film's premise is its take on social media, but I don't need a character every other scene or every other word to say hashtag this, hashtag that. It became annoying. It was funny the first couple of times, then it became a running gag that just fell flat. It made this film unbearable to watch. And don't get me wrong, I love Full Moon Features, but this year this company produced two one-star films. That and The Twelve Slaves of Christmas, which felt like a compilation film and a ad for an upcoming toy line. I just don't get it, really. This is just so annoying, Attack of the 50-Foot Cam Girl. It could have been a fun, interesting spoof. Of all those giant B-movies. But this was so unbearable to watch. At least the sequel was watchable. This wasn't. It was just completely awful to watch from start to finish. Thankfully, it didn't have an 80-minute runtime. It was like 60 minutes. Because I don't know why I would have done if I had to see an 80-90 minute movie with... Dialogue filled with hashtag this, hashtag that. We are at the big awards at this year's Horror Whammies. Worst Director and Worst Film. Worst Director. Last year I had David Verbeek from Dead and Beautiful. The 2022 Horror Whammy for Worst Director goes to David Gordon Green for Halloween Ends. Make that number five for Halloween Ends in this year's Horror Whammies. As I told you, this film dominates this year's awards. Now, David Gordon Green's direction was just bad, really bad. It's like, I don't know what David Gordon Green was thinking with this film, seriously. First, he had a bad screenplay, but I can overlook the screenplay because at least he was trying to do something different, but it just fell flat. But the direction, I don't know what he was doing with the direction in this film. Seriously, it felt dull. It felt like a lot of these characters, the new characters, were all dull. The way he directs some of these new cast members in Halloween Ends. Especially Corey Cunningham, as that performance was bad. David Green, I don't know what he was doing with his direction. It felt like everything moved at a very slow pace. I'm watching a Halloween film. I want action. I don't want things dragging. You had this whole Allison, Corey Cunningham relationship. And those scenes, in the way they were directed, were directed in such a slow manner that it felt like it was dragging this film. It's like... Turning in a one hour and 51 minute film into a two and a half hour film. 
those scenes really felt boring. I was not interested in their relationship. He doesn't do anything to make sure the direction is good enough to get you interested in this love story. He doesn't do anything to get you interested in Corey Cunningham, this new character he created. The only good thing he directed was the first ten minutes of this film. That's it. Everything else felt flat, dull, boring. It felt like he was boxed into a corner after Halloween Kills. That film had a lot of action in it. This film was so dull and dreary. I know he was trying to go for a more tone to the original Halloween film, but even in the original Halloween film, things kept moving at a good pace. This film, things just moved at a very slow pace, and I think most of it had to do with the scenes between Allison and Corey. Those scenes were so directed badly that it really slowed this film down. The fact that also, every time we were down in the sewers, everything slowed down too. Especially the beginning of where we see the sewers. It was slow. And the build to seeing Michael Myers was so slow. Everything moved at a slow pace. It's not something that I wanted for this film, especially considering this is a final film in a trilogy. But David Gordon Green really slept through some of his direction here. Through the dramatic scenes that they were uninteresting and, quite frankly, boring and slow and tedious. Those scenes are supposed to move the film along. It didn't. It just slowed the film down. And it made the characters uninteresting. That's why I give this a what Dave Gordon Green. Because quite frankly, I expected more for Halloween Ends. And I was disappointed in his direction. As that was one of its major faults. We have made it to the final award of the 5th Annual Horror Whammies. Worst Film. Last year, I had for Worst Film... Dead and Beautiful. The 2022 Horror Whammy for Worst Film goes to... And it's very obvious Halloween ends. I did a whole Best of Rants episode last episode on this film because it was so bad. I even mocked this film in late October with a fake trailer. That's how bad Halloween Ends was. Because when I think of a a Halloween film, I think of Michael Myers. If you're going to put Michael Myers in a Halloween film, Michael Myers has to be the central character. Not Corey Cunningham. Michael Myers. This film had very bad direction. The new characters were bad. It underutilized characters from the first two films with the exception of the Strodes. Every other character was either underutilized or relegated to cameo status. 
this film doesn't even fit the structure of a trilogy. You don't change the story of a trilogy at the final film. This film did that. That's a big no-no when I'm looking for a trilogy that follows one storyline. And the way Halloween and Halloween Kills followed one storyline, this one, Halloween Ends, followed a completely different storyline. In fact, you barely see Michael Myers in this film. Michael Myers felt like a supporting character when he's supposed to be the main villain. I don't care what Danny McBride, David Gordon Green, Jason Blum thought when coming up with this film. Because this film was not a fitting conclusion to the first two films. This felt like a completely different film or a start of a new trilogy. You're supposed to end your trilogy the way you started your first film. And David Gordon Green, Danny McBride, Jason Blum, and everyone else involved with the writing process decided to take the elements of the first two films and throw it in the trash. Because that is how much Halloween Ends felt like to me. It did not feel like a conclusion to the first two films. It felt like a separate film from the first two films. This film should have continued from the end of Halloween Kills. I would have been able to suspend disbelief, but that's fine. At least it would have been better than having a completely different story and having Michael Myers be relegated to supporting character. You barely see him. And for a final film in a trilogy, you're expecting an epic fight between Laurie Strode and Michael Myers. You don't get that in this film. You get maybe about three, four minutes. That's about it. As Michael Myers is barely on screen in this film. And that was a big problem with Halloween Ends. And this is why I hate this film so much. And I saw this film twice. I tried to view it from two different perspectives. And it both sucked. I'm done with Halloween Ends. This film ruined what could have been a good trilogy. It could have saved Halloween Kills from that evil never dies mob mentality plotline that was that killed it for me. That turned that film into a four-star film. But Halloween Ends just really kills that film and the 2018 remake. Here's the thing. It seemed like David Gordon Green and Dan McBride was just rushing, trying out ideas for their Exorcist reboot, which falls flat. And I don't know why they think they're going to make a good Exorcist film, because after the original, they suck, as I gave up after three. I don't get David Gordon Green. I don't get Dan McBride. I don't get Jason Blum for putting out crap. That is supposed to be an event film. Because Halloween Ends really sucked. 
It really sucked. And it dropped the ball of what could have been a great trilogy. And instead, it turned it into a really bad one, which went downhill at the middle of Halloween Kills. I've had enough with this film, as it's taken too much time over the last year. I'm done with Halloween Ends. Let's wrap up the 5th Annual Halloweenies with a quick recap of the awards. Films and companies that have won award. Morbius, Attack of the 50-Foot Cam Girl, Firestarter, Discovery HBO Max. All with one win. All tied for third at this year's Halloweenies. Coming in at number two in terms of dishonorable mentions. Texas Chainsaw Massacre with two horror whammies. For worst screenplay and worst actress. And the big winner, number one in this year's horror whammies. With six horror whammies. Halloween ends. As it got most disappointing film, worst sequel adaptation remake... Worst scene or scenes, worst editing, worst director, and worst film. That wraps up another year of the horror whammies, everyone. Hi, I'm Anthony T. And I'm director Andrew Duran, and we are the Two Two From from Hell. And we're putting Rated R back into podcasting. Every month, we will be dropping an episode on the Doc Discussions Network. We'll be chatting about some of our favorite films, news, reviews, and maybe interviews. You can find Two From Hell on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and other podcast providers. And don't forget to like us on Facebook and Instagram at Two From Hell Podcast. Trust me, you're seriously not going to want to miss the show. You'll find Anthony T's horror and wrestling show on these social media platforms. On Facebook, Instagram, and Slasher app at Anthony T's Horror and Wrestling. And on Twitter at Anthony T's Horror. You'll find new episodes on DocDiscussions.com, major podcast providers, and YouTube. ATT watching this episode? Well, this month here in this segment of What's ATT Watching, I will be highlighting three films from VS. I've got a bunch of them from the subscription that I had gotten from the previous Halfway to Black Friday sale that I haven't seen. So I figured I'd catch up on some of the films that I missed from that sale this month and review it here on this podcast for this month since we're doing three episodes i'll do three films from that time period in which i was a subscriber because i did not re-up my subscription not at that price they were going for like what 980 i was not going there i may re-up for the halfway to black friday 
subscription when it comes around in May, but not 980. Forget that idea. So yours truly has decided to go and choose three films from that time period. First film was one of the big anticipated releases from the Black Friday sale that they recently had. Riff Coogan's The Invisible Maniac. Now, this is one of those films in which a lot of VS fans have been wanting to see be on Blu-ray. In fact, it got a 4K release. The film is directed by Riff Coogan, a.k.a. Adam Rifkin. The same director that directed Psycho Cop 2. The same director that directed a segment of Chillerama. And the same director that directed a film called Director's Cut starring Penn Gillette. So this is directed by Adam Rifkin who uses his pseudonym Riff Coogan. And to say The Invisible Maniac is a guilty pleasure film is an understatement because this film is definitely fits the definition of a guilty pleasure film, everyone. Sure, it does have a screenplay. Don't get me wrong. It does a good job focusing on its main antagonist. But it has all the trappings of a guilty pleasure film. Characters hooking up with each other. Cheesy dialogue. A lot of exploitive elements. That is associated with these cheesy B-movies from the 90s. It's all in this film. But one of the things I really liked about this film was the fact that Rifkin does a really good job with the way he directs this. He does a good job in the way he keeps his screenplay moving throughout this film. As most of the kill scenes in this film are in the last half of this film. Yes, I know, the typical third act where you have to rush in all your death scenes. Before you start complaining about, oh, I, you hated Halloween Ends, you hated the way it rushed its third act. Well, this, Halloween Ends was supposed to be a serious horror film, everyone. The Invisible Maniac doesn't even try to be a serious horror film. Not with all this exploitive elements, cheesy dialogue, and everything. So, it's just the fun factor here. This film was a fun watch. It's more the lines of Psycho Cop Returns, everyone. You're not going to get much of a story. Even though this one surprisingly has some good character development of the antagonist. All the other characters are one-dimensional. Typical in a guilty pleasure film. And this film has probably even more bonkers than Psycho Cop Returns. Seriously. It's just... It's just crazy, literally, with the way the humor is balanced out and everything. And that last act where it just was bonkers in a good way. Not in a, like, oh, you got to be kidding me. If you like Psycho Cop Returns, you're going to like this film. That's guaranteed, like I do here. It's not going to be one of those films where I'm going to say... It's the greatest of all time, or one of the greatest films I've ever seen. But it does fall into that trap of guilty pleasure films where it's just so bad with all the dialogue and all the cheesiness that it's good. 
It's a fun film, everyone. That's why I enjoyed it. And fans of this cheesy 90s direct-to-video films will love this film. Guaranteed. Because The Invisible Maniac is one of those films you just check your brain at the door and enjoy it as just a fun, mindless slasher film. Now, next episode, episode 90, will be the 5th Annual Horror Show Awards, where I'll be looking back and giving awards on some of the best films of 2022. Like, say, Best Indie Horror Film, Best Actor, Best Actress, and so on. Then, episode 91 will be the Best of 2022. Two episodes where me and a guest will go over our top 10 films of 2022. So, episode 90 is the fifth annual horror show awards. Episode 91 will be the top 10 films of 2022. And that wraps up another edition of Anthony T's Horror and Wrestling Show. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the show on social media on Facebook, Instagram, in the Slasher app, at Anthony Tease Horror and Wrestling. You can also follow the show at Film Arcade Media on Twitter. You can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and other major podcast providers. With that, I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. Have a good day. Support indie wrestling and support indie horror. This has been a Film IK Media production.